Fakes the handoff. He drives the lane. He takes it to the house. Bouncing on defenders. He just laid it in. He just put it up and in. 56 seconds to play. Oh, by the way. It's time. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Game seven is over. It's an instant classic. It's the T.C. Martin Show. A three for the game. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. you got to pinch me. The doctor is now in. And a good Monday to you. We are live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. That's right, our March Madness home. Heck, we're here just about every day now. I mean, we got games, what, Friday, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday, Elite Eight, as we work our way to the Final Four coming up this weekend, glad to have you with us wherever you may be. Of course, streaming live at tcmartinshow.com. And Brian Benowitz, our man, VP of Casino Operations in the house. Ballpark Frank here today. A slew of guests as we get you ready for the Elite Eight. we got two games tonight, two games tomorrow, and it is all happening here at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas in the sportsbook. Powered by William Hill. And uh, a lot to do, a lot to cover. Today on the show, Tracy Murray is going to join us live from Indianapolis on the UCLA Bruins broadcast. Of course, the former UCLA Bruins sharpshooter, the NBA champion, 12-year vet in the NBA, and of course does a fantastic job on the UCLA Bruins radio network. So he's been hunkered down in Indianapolis, uh, specifically Hinkle Fieldhouse, the home of the Butler Bulldogs, where he's been calling the action. And I think uh, Tracy... It kind of felt that he was, uh, you know, maybe on vacation already, but he's got to hang around again for tomorrow's game as the UCLA Bruins are in the Elite Eight. So he will join us on the show today. Sam Gordon from the Las Vegas Review Journal will come down and visit with us here today at the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas. Sam does a fantastic job with the RJ covering not only college basketball, but a plethora of other things. And our good friend Matthew Holt, our former sportsbook director president of U.S. Integrity. He joins us today. So an action-packed show. Focus on March Madness, the Elite Eight. We've got previews for you and a whole lot more from no better place than the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. T.C. Martin, it's great to be here. You know, I didn't know if I'd like this Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, but walking around the Cosmopolitan on a Monday, uh, which usually is a little low following the uh, Elite Eight, but now we have Elite Action today. There's a little buzz in the air, and there's been a buzz here. We've had our great friends from the University of Houston uh, all over this place yeah. in, in red. Uh, they're staking it out. They'll be ready to go. They're, they tip off at 4.15. Beautiful day in the valley. Uh, it just looks wonderful. Just had a nice meal up at the Overlook Grill mm-hmm. uh, and uh, kind of prepped and ready to go. And two great games tonight and two great games tomorrow. And uh, couldn't be happier for the Pac-12. Again, getting zero respect from the, the bookmakers yep. and, the, and the gaming uh, uh, public. Yep. But uh, all they do is win. I mean, they've lost one game against non-conference foes in the tournament. Uh, a kind of an excuse game for Colorado. Otherwise, uh, Oregon got outs by SC. Otherwise, Pac-12 is all but perfect. So uh, uh, nice to see nice to see the Bruins come back uh, uh, after a really weird shot they allowed at the end of the half or into the game to tie it up but then just dominated overtime i to tell you tc i was very upset going into overtime i, I couldn't believe that they didn't foul the guy in the back corner and that's what cronin usually does too and cronin yeah. I, I i gotta hand it to him he goes i made a mistake yeah. the kids bailed me out yeah. he said point right. blank i made a mistake it's just simple math 
fouled that guy in the back, but nobody was near him. They were looked ill-prepared for that, and the kid drained it. Hats off to the kid from uh, Alabama. Yeah. But then just, uh, you know, that's a sign of a nice winning ball club. Yeah. Go out and just thump them over. And they weren't flustered at all. They got no. the tip, hit a three, hit a two, up by five. Next thing, up by seven, and uh, they win by ten. They so. just wanted to make sure that the Arkansas teaser money lost. Yeah. I mean, not Arkansas, Alabama <laughs> teaser right. money lost. That's right. why they won it overtime. There you go. All right. <laughs> Ballpark, what's going on, my man? Well, I will say this about that play as well. Um, I thought that it was a really nicely designed play by Alabama because they kind of had a couple guys switching, and uh, I didn't think UCLA could get close enough to get the foul that they wanted to give, and that allowed him to get the three-point shot off. They nailed it, but, yeah, but then UCLA just got recomposed in the overtime. They just actually blew him out of the game. So congratulations to the Bruins and congratulations to the Pac-12. And Busy weekend, great weekend here at the Cosmopolitan in Las Vegas. And, again, if you, if you love college basketball, this is the time of year. And uh, we're fortunate enough to be able to to spend so much time uh, here at the Cosmopolitan, not only sportsbook but but all around, Brian. So I know it's been hopping for you guys here. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a magnificent few weeks, and it's just it's just a thrill to have the tournament back on for those of us that are sports fans. Uh, having the tournament taken away from us last year, and and rightfully so due to COVID, was was disheartening. Uh, and to really a year later have it on and have it uh, executed so flawlessly in. Uh, in Indianapolis and then throughout the Las Vegas Valley. It's been quite a thrill, and uh, we're just happy to have it on along with the uh, the rest of the sports. You got it. All right, when we look back at the Sweet 16 over the weekend, biggest surprise for you, maybe well, besides UCLA? Well, the biggest surprise is I went 7-1. and one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, So I'll say the biggest surprise was just how good USC was. Uh, they won that game from start to finish, absolutely dominated Oregon. I thought Oregon would give them a good game, especially after, you know, they got thumped in, uh, in, in L.A. the first time. Uh, but SC is playing at a whole different level, and they found other ways to score. So to me, that was the biggest surprise. Uh, I thought UCLA and Oregon State would both be here uh, on the money line, so uh, I'm not surprised at all about them. Uh, Houston looked dominant. Their defense just completely took care of uh, uh, Syracuse, and their offense, the way they attacked the zone, was quite impressive. So uh, I thought Houston was probably uh, uh, as good a team as I saw over the weekend. Yeah, uh, for, for me, uh, certainly that USC looked very good. I, you know, so I might not be doing great in my bracket, but I did at least hit my best bet last weekend. So, uh, you know, I like that game. And I was wondering about Loyola Chicago, how they were going to come out because the Pac-12 had been so good. I thought that was kind of a high point spread going into it. I wish that they would have been a little bit more competitive, but uh, kind of sad to see them uh, leave the tournament. They were a nice story going into it. But, yeah, I mean, the teams that are playing right now, it seems like everybody's playing very well. UCLA has played very well. The thing that did surprise me a little bit about USC, because I know you guys talked about it quite a bit, was not only did they play very well and they got the rebounds and everything like we thought, but they actually hit their free throws when they counted in this particular game. Now, will that continue on? Will they continue on? That remains to be seen. But the one thing against them, they didn't let that become a negative in this particular game anyway. Absolutely. And uh, you saw, uh, at least I was watching every second of the game at the UCLA game, uh, Alabama was just dreadful at the free throw line. Terrible. And and down the stretch, their SEC player of the year missing uh, three out of four and then two when they could have gone up by three. Uh, that was uh, uh, had to be dejecting for that team, especially when, uh, you know, Alabama did not play a very good game. They were kind of scattered. They threw the ball away. They really, really uh, uh, attacked uh, recklessly, I thought, and uh, kind of panicked. But they did get back in the game. 
uh, and it kind of cost them in overtime. But, you know, they knocked their free throws down. They wouldn't have had to worry about overtime. They would have won that game. No, there were several times uh, in that game, there was like a, a six or seven point swing where they came down and they missed the front end of one and ones, and then uh, on a two shot foul, missed both of those free throws, and it really <laughs> swung the game for them. They were fortunate enough to be able to come back the way they did, uh, you know, in the second half, and they actually had the lead. Yeah. You sink your free throws, like you said. You know, Herb Jones sinks his free throws. Uh, this game is over. Alabama moves on, and UCLA is eliminated. I mean, there are so many ways Alabama just gave that game to UCLA. Not taking nothing away from the Bruins because they were fantastic. No question about it. But UCLA deserved to win because they took advantage of Alabama's mistakes. Yeah, Alabama made a lot of mistakes. You're you're 100% right. But then they just settled for really contested threes and threw the ball away and were reckless and, and of course, missing their free throws. But UCLA, you know what? Uh, I've watched a lot of their basketball. Every game they're going to have some droughts. They're going to have some shooting droughts, and they did yesterday. They went on an 0 for 9, and then they started the second half 0 for 10. They gutted through and didn't let Alabama get too far ahead and were able to pull back in. So uh, they did it all without their top player. Fouled out with five minutes to play. Juzang, so, yeah, fouled yeah. out, yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm very excited for that. I'm excited to see how they do against the big boys uh, from Big Blue tomorrow in Michigan. And uh, uh, 7 o'clock game there should be a lot of fun. All right. And, you know, it's interesting, too, because you guys are talking about their free throw shooting, and certainly it absolutely was horrendous. But, TC, the thing that you brought up, and it's a stat that we're never going to see out there, but when you look at free throw shooting and you, then you factor in when a guy misses the front end of a one-and-one and the other team gets the rebound, that's almost like missing two free throws there. Because, yeah, it's a turnover. Oh, cause, cause you only it's miss, a turnover. Yeah, because yeah. on the stats you're only 0-for-1, but it's really like being 0-for-2 because you don't even get the chance for the second one there. So that is a big thing when you miss that. And I don't know about you guys, but when Alabama, when they did get fouled, to me, they looked like they didn't even want to go to the line. No matter which guy was going up there, they didn't look confident. They'd take, like, one dribble and throw it up right away. It was just it, – it was ugly looking. It was like, this is the last place in the world we want to be. And at that point, I thought UCLA had helped gain their confidence. And UCLA, to their credit – and I know everybody talks about, you know, they didn't play great down the stretch and they blew some big leads in that. But I thought that they thought, you know what? We got into this tournament. I think that they were upset that they were one of the final four in. They even mentioned that they were a little bit surprised that they were going to play in one of the play-in games. And they looked at that as going, you know what, nobody's respecting us. They've really come together as a team. And I know we've said it before, but I really think that first win against Michigan State helped propel them to get them on a roll together. They may have played one more game than everybody else, but it was a very close game. It was a tight-knit game that they found win, and they've parlayed that this far into all the way down now to a Elite Eight and who knows, maybe a Final Four. All right, guys. All right, speaking of the Bruins, uh, let's talk to our good friend uh, Tracy Murray, the uh, former UCLA Bruin, and, of course, uh, does a fantastic job on the UCLA Bruins Network. He is on site there in Indianapolis getting ready for that elite game tomorrow night as UCLA faces Michigan. Tracy, what's going on, my man? Yeah, and then once I knew that they were going into overtime, I knew it favored the Bruins because they've been in six overtimes this year. Um, so so they're, they're pretty good in closed games. They've had too many of them not to be comfortable in winning closed games. So um, I, I, I was listening to you guys earlier, and I had a question also about why they didn't foul. You know, that, that kind of bothered me up there and kind of kind of sent me through the roof a little bit. But, you know, they, they managed to get by it. They did. And uh, we know that Mick Cronin uh, traditionally likes to, to foul. And what we heard was that, I guess, his instructions were that or they, they weren't that. Uh, tell us what you knew. I don't know if you, you spoke with him after the game yesterday. 
No, I didn't get a chance to speak with him because they put us in, they zoomed us in with the press conference, so we didn't get a chance to ask any questions. Did, did he address it? Uh, I know that he said that, hey, the, the, the guys kind of bailed me out a little bit uh, in, in the overtime, but we don't know if he instructed him to, to foul or not to foul during that final timeout. One thing they did is they bailed him out. Um, also wondering if the assistants may have said anything about it because Everybody can't fall asleep in a situation like that. You know, somebody's got to be awakened and remind him, even though he might have his mind on something else. Tracy, I wish I could go back and hear your call on that. So what was what were the words that came out of your mouth when Alabama hit that 30-foot three to send into overtime? I couldn't believe it. <laughs> uh, I, honestly, it was a, a, a shot that was contested from about 25 feet that hit bottom net. <laughs> And I couldn't believe in that we were going into overtime. But then at the same time, I felt comfortable with the Bruins in overtime. And it looked like they weren't flustered at all. And you, usually what happens, or people tend to think happens, is that the team that sends it into OT, they have the momentum on their side. But when you looked at that UCLA bench, they said, okay, five more minutes, it's all good. Win the tip, hit a three, uh, get a stop, uh, hit a two, up by five. Uh, make another stop, and then uh, how, about that, by how about that huge steal by uh, a Tiger? Oh, yeah. I mean, that was that. Uh, yeah, that it, it, was, it was huge. It was huge. I, I was wondering what they were going to do without Juzang with him fouled out. Right. I was wondering where the offense was coming from. But they found a way to get stops, get buckets, and, and they got the win. So this UCLA run began not even knowing if they were going to get the phone call, Tracy, to go to the NCAA tournament. As you know, they closed the regular season losing four in a row. Uh, Then they blew that 16-point lead against Oregon State. And uh, next thing you know, they're in that play-in game as uh, one of two uh, 11 seeds along with Michigan State. How surprised are you that they have put together this amazing run and win four games thus far? I'm really surprised. When you look at this team, there was a four-game skid coming in. There was a couple of lows during the middle of the season. Um, it just seemed like the chemistry was off. And then all of a sudden, boom, against Michigan State in the second half, it just seemed like everything clicked. And, and they've been riding high ever since. You know, we knew that this could be a pretty good UCLA team back at the beginning of the season, but we weren't really sure. I know you and I had talked about this before. What is the reason, in your opinion, that this team is rolling so well right now? I don't know, but what impresses me about this team is that they don't have that guy. Hmm. You know, a guy is going to carry them to a win. Hmm. So what impressed me is the chemistry that, that they all bought in to being tough, to playing defense, to sharing the basketball, to doing it together as a unit. And with the ups and downs of the season, no Dacia Knicks coming, Phil Smith blowing his knee out, and Jalen Hill leaving the team, with all of those downs, they managed to band together and get to the lead eight. Tracy Murray joins us. He's live from Indianapolis, part of the UCLA Bruins broadcast network uh, as the Bruins uh, advance to the Elite Eight, along with T.C. Martin, Frank Harnish, and Brian Benowitz. Hey, Tracy, when it comes to that, you mentioned that maybe they don't have the guy. Is it even a little bit more impressive what they did in the overtime? Obviously, they didn't want it to go to overtime, but when it went there, you could argue that maybe the guy in this game had already fouled out for them. They go into an overtime where you think, 
that the other team has the momentum maybe going into it. And they came out guns a-blazing right off the bat. They made a statement. They got up early. They kept the hammer down. And they actually looked really impressive. Could they maybe have even gotten a little bit more confidence in that from the fact that it went to overtime and then in the overtime they completely dominated? I, I think they had the mentality that we've been here before. Maybe not on this stage, but we've played in plenty of overtimes and plenty of close games to where they have an unbelievable poise about themselves. And I'll tell you what, Hawkins is a mentally tough cat. And he gets going when the going gets tough. Yeah, Tracy, this is Brian. Uh, Hawkins in overtime was incredibly impressive. The poise he showed with the ball, his step-back three, he hit back-to-back threes in there. He really seemed to put the team on his back. Uh, it, it was really an impressive game. I kind of wanted to touch on Riley in the middle. He seemed to be very frustrated early on. In fact, I think he only had two points with the, uh, in the waning seconds of the game, but he was able to turn it on. It seemed like the way that uh, Cronin rotated the players in and out was absolutely brilliant yesterday. The funny thing about that is Riley was in foul trouble early. And he didn't have a rhythm probably for 90% of the game. And he got put back in the game for Jalen Clark. And I know I said on air that I don't know about this sub because they've been playing so well with Jalen Clark out there. And he was rebounding the ball and playing defense. And, and Cody wasn't. So I, I was really questioning the move. But then they had that underneath out-of-bounds play where they threw him the lob and he dunked it. And it just seemed like it turned everything around for him moving forward through the game. And he was incredible after that. That, that, That's exactly what I noticed because he seemed lost offensively and defensively. He couldn't play as aggressive defensively with the foul trouble. But, boy, it it seemed like that just sparked him. And... and uh, all of a sudden, he was alive and, and, and made some real great plays down the stretch. But he also made defensive plays, and that's what, that was key. Tracy Murray joined us live from Indianapolis talking to the UCLA Bruins. Tracy, does this Bruin team remind you of any of those past teams at all? No, this is a different team. Um, one thing that I'm very impressed with is their mental toughness. Through distractions, through ups and downs, these guys managed to put it together and play their best basketball right now. Yeah, we know that there were some questions when Mick Cronin took over this program a couple years ago. What kind of guys? Was he going to play the same style that he played at Cincinnati? And it seems like Mick Cronin came in here and said, hey, you guys are going to be tough. We're going to bring toughness back to this program. And we really haven't seen that type of mental or physical toughness with past UCLA Bruin teams. How much of this credit should Mick Cronin get for this run? He deserves all the credit, to be honest with you, because these kids did not have that mentality. Most of these guys are all for kids, and he didn't ask them to be tough. So they bought into what Mick Cronin was teaching. So you got to give him all the credit. Yeah, Tracy, they, they had a couple of spells in the game, which uh, I know you've watched UCLA a lot this year, and there is times where they go cold. They went 0 for 9 and 0 for 10, once in the first half, once in the second. But I sat there and I was, I was talking to my wife watching, and I go, they're not taking bad shots. They're just missing these shots. These will go down as long as they keep, keep up the game plan. Right, and this has been happening throughout the season. And, and when you have that guy, they can carry you through those droughts. That's why it was even more important for them to buy into what Mick was teaching, which is defense. If you play defense, you stay into the game. 
The Pac-12 success has been phenomenal here. Three out of the eight teams are from the Pac-12, Oregon State, USC, and of course the Bruins. This is a surprise, I think, to a lot of people. Does this have to do with the matchups, in your opinion, of, of who these teams have faced thus far in the tournament, or is it just plain that the Pac-12 and these teams are underrated? That's a great question. I, I don't know what it is. I think it's a combination of everything. Um, it's a combination of matchups. It's a combination of the wars that these guys put each other through during the season. Uh, it, it, it was the growth, and everybody is peaking at the right time. Um, it, it's just an incredible run for the whole conference. Give us your thoughts about the game against Michigan coming up tomorrow night. Obviously, Michigan, Baylor, Gonzaga, they seem that they are on a different level. and We kind of knew that coming into the tournament. And now UCLA is going to get that very physical Michigan team. Give us your thoughts about this matchup. Well, they said Alabama should have been a number one and that they were the fifth number one team. And the Bruins took care of that. But Michigan is a different problem. Um, very well coached. Jawan Howard's my former teammate, my, one of my buddies. Yep. Uh, I, I know that he is um, – his the stamp that he's put on that team is incredible. And he's having a heck of a season. But they have a lot of talent. They're big. They're fundamentally sound. They play hard. This is going to be a, a tough task, but never, ta never count the Bruins out. You know, we're talking about the Pac-12, and certainly rightfully so. They've certainly represented well. They could have three teams in the Final Four. They could have zero teams in the Final Four. But regardless of how many they have in the Final Four, this has been a tremendous tournament with them. But did you ever think when this tournament started out that two of the Final Four teams could both be from Los Angeles, not just the Pac-12. <laughs> well, I, I knew that SC was stacked. They were the biggest team in the nation. They have tons of talent. I, I definitely thought that maybe them. Um, we had a lot of injuries and things happen, so it's easy to think that we're not going to be there. But um, I'm just happy that we're there along with them. Tracy, moving forward here with, with the rest of the Pac-12 teams, uh, give us your thought. Uh, let's touch on tonight's game, Oregon State and Houston. Yeah, you know these Beavers pretty well. Uh, can they keep up this run, or uh, how do you see this matchup tonight against the Cougs? Well, they're going to have to continue to do what they've been doing defensively. I, I think that's been triggering everything. Ethan Thompson has been a superstar. He's, he's got to continue to do what he's doing and scoring the basketball, defending and, and setting the table for everybody else. Uh, Alatisha has got to continue to do really good things. They, they have to continue to shoot the ball well from three. It's going to be a tough task, but, hey, they've gotten this far. All right, and then finally USC against Gonzaga. And on, on paper, and even you know, when you look at the way USC has played, uh, they're, they're not afraid of anything. And when you got a guy like Evan Mobley, and then you're getting contributions from uh, a lot of other guys here, they're kind of unsung players for SC, it kind of seems like you know, SC can maybe present some matchup problems for Gonzaga because Gonzaga really hasn't faced anyone like this in the WCC. And uh, you, know, you can make the argument that the Zags really have not played their best game as of yet. Do you think SC has what it takes to knock off the Zags? Yes, SC has everything that it, you know that it takes to beat them. They're the biggest team in the nation. They're mobile. They can guard. They can switch off and guard smaller guys. Um, 
they're the talented. Uh, it, they can they can match up well with them. Right. So it's it's really on how they're hitting their free throws, they're hitting their three point shots, and how they're defending. Yeah, I saw today the Zags have now won 26 straight games by double digits. <laughs> the first time in 60 years. 60 years. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Incredible team. They, they, they seem to be the most complete team, but as you say, Tracy, they're, they're, SC is playing at a completely different level now. They're just destroying teams. Yeah, yeah, they are. And, I mean, I, I look at a couple of teams that can possibly beat them, and we beat one of them. Uh, Michigan has a shot, and, and, and SC has a shot. When it comes to um, the Final Four, we've talked a lot about the teams and the games tomorrow night. What do you think of the other ones? Because uh, going into this tournament, everybody thought that Baylor and Gonzaga were kind of on a collision course. Then, of course, you know, Baylor had a little bit of a hiccup in their schedule. After they came back from the COVID, they kind of came back down to earth a little bit, but they're playing a lot better right now. Who would, what would you make the favorites right now? I mean, Gonzaga is still, I think, most people's favorite, but is Baylor still maybe the second choice, or do you think somebody else has snuck in there and they've impressed you more up to this point of the tournament? I think it's Gonzaga, and everybody else is in a pack. All right, my friend. Hopefully uh, you're enjoying your time there. I know that you, you had some, uh, some other plans, man, going to Disney World and everything. I, I think that plans with you and the family are getting put on hold. I hope that's not messing you up. Well, my family's about to get on the plane. My brother and his family's already there, and I will be there Wednesday. <laughs> there you go, man. And you might you might be uh, coming back uh, for some games on Saturday, man. Oh yeah, I'm good with that. <laughs> All right, my man. We'll let you go, Trace. I really appreciate you, uh, and good luck to those Bruins. Thank you. Go Bruins. There you go, Tracy Murray, the former UCLA Bruin, is part of the UCLA Bruin Radio Network as their color analyst, live in Indianapolis. Just like you, Double B, this guy bleeds the blue and the gold. That's you know what? Uh, I, I can't tell you how many messages I got going into that overtime that were so upset that they didn't foul that guy. And, and it wasn't that they didn't foul. They weren't even prepared to foul. There was nobody even close to catching the guy. So it just seemed like the whole team fell asleep and then the guy banged down that three-pointer. But uh, the, the, the show of a true team is to you know, go through that adversity, which they had. They lost the four games down the stretch. They lost a lot of close games. And they were in a lot of close games. Uh, I didn't realize it until Tracy said there's their sixth overtime game. Yeah. And uh, they, they know how to win, and they sure went out and did it. So, uh, yeah, we were a lot more relieved, a lot happier about five minutes later. 23 points in overtime will do that for you. There you go. Wow. And, <laughs> and it could be interesting, too, if that game is close between the two teams there because we know that Michigan's played a lot of close games this year as well. I'm just wondering, and I know we've seen some things that Brian said he can't lose in the game, but do you have one actually rooting interest <laughs> over the other? Well, I got seven members, including myself, that went to UCLA and one that went to Michigan. Now, one is my baby girl who's at right. Michigan right now, and uh, I do like that Michigan campus. I like everything about that school. Uh, I've seen games in Chrysler when they knocked off Ohio State, who was number one at the time. I've seen games in Yost for their hockey. I've been to the big house three times. Adore Michigan. But, I, you know, I, I am a Bruin when it comes <laughs> down to it. And, and I know this Michigan team, and they're rightfully so to be a seven-point favorite. They've got uh, they can go inside, outside. Uh, if they had uh, livers, they'd be oh, probably uh, right there with Gonzaga as, as a 1A. Uh, but 
you know, this UCLA team has just been fighting tough yeah. and, uh, you know, kind of playing above their, their pay grade right now. And uh, uh, I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a thriller. If people could only see the picture of you yesterday <laughs> la- lounging at home yes. with his UCLA uh, and Michigan garb on together from head to toe. Yes. And Numchuck wanted to, to, to post it up on the website. <laughs> he can post whatever he wants. What? That, was already, that was already post, uh, you know, a nice little bike ride. It was gorgeous in the morning. Got the pickleball in, nine games of pickleball, home in time for lunch. Nine games of pickleball? Nine games of pickleball. And, and yeah. no wind, right? No wind. It was he, a gorgeous just, day I told yesterday. you it was going to be a nice weekend. Yes, he did. Frank, Frank told me perfect. Got a good, you know, 40 <laughs> miles on the bike. Just Frank. That's, you know, Got yeah, that's it. And I was nice and lounge. Got my shower in. Was ready to go. Yeah. Focused on the hoops, and boy, those were some great games. Michigan was unbelievable. Yeah. Michigan played a good first half, yeah. but their second half, I mean, they just they just demoralized Florida State. Yes, they did. And at Florida State, it was I found it interesting. When they called those whistles early on Florida State, I said they're in trouble because yes. this is a team that's a hammer. Yep. They like to hammer teams, and if they're, if they're loose and getting away with that the whole time, they can hang with games. But Michigan just took them out. I think they got to within five or six at one point yeah. in the second half. Right. Got and then Michigan was, like, yeah. Michigan was like, all right, we're done with you, and that yeah. was the end of it. So you're saying Florida State likes to use the tomahawk chalk chop on they the did. court as well. They huh? did. I, I, you know, I forgot because I hadn't watched Florida State that many times this year. You know how down on the ACC I've been yes. going into the tournament, but Florida State was horrible. Yeah. They were absolutely horrible in that game, and Michigan made them pay. And so. we've talked about that before, about Florida State. Very, very inconsistent. We saw that. So, yeah. And they uh, reared its ugly head for those Seminole fans, and Michigan goes marching on to take on the Bruins tomorrow night. All right, we are live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas, so I appreciate Tracy Murray uh, joining us live from Indianapolis, talking a little Bruins basketball. When we come back, we'll start previewing the games tonight. Uh, Sam Gordon from the Las Vegas Review-Journal will join us a little bit later, as well as Matthew Holt. So don't you dare go anywhere. It is the T.C. Martin Show on a Monday, live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. The T.C. Martin Show is back. Yes! Yes! What are you doing? It's just a halftime. Yes, this is my favorite part of the game. T.C. Martin. Yes! In the face! The doctor is now in. There is no better time to get the William Hill Mobile app, as we know. That's right. The William Hill Mobile app downloaded on your phone. And then when you make a deposit for the first time in a brand new account, 50 bucks turned into 100. That's right. Real simple. You deposit at least 50 into your brand new account. They will match it with an additional 50. Just have to use the promo code TC50. Take advantage of March Madness. Take advantage of the NHL, NBA, all of it. And Major League Baseball opens up on Thursday as well, too. So now is the time to get the mobile app. If you don't have the William Hill mobile app, do it now and take advantage of the free money. Use the promo code TC50 when you come to the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas or any of the William Hill sportsbooks uh, around town. Promo code, what is that, Double B? That'd be TC50. There you go. That's, that's right. how you get the money. There you go. And, and you've done it. You, I did. Yeah, there you go. I did. I, I'd like to do it again. They told me no. Yeah. <laughs> although, although giving me $50 to bet on the Super Bowl is a pretty good, easy yeah. shot for William yeah. Hill. You should, you should have <laughs> saved it or move it over and bet on a race. I, well, I should have moved it for this, this tournament. Absolutely. I've, been, I've been on fire on this tournament picking Absolutely. game. So. Absolutely. All right. Let's talk about it tonight. Elite Eight starts. We touched a little bit at, at the beginning of the show about how you feel about these Monday-Tuesday games. 
And I love the, the idea that we, we're having meaningful games on these Monday, Tuesday, like we did last week. But it's still tearing up in my biological clock. You know, I'm so used to that Saturday, Sunday, and then now, okay, we're ready for the final four. Yeah, you know, we, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Sweet 16, Elite 8. Now we've got a whole week to prepare. And, uh, you know, I, again, I'm not saying I don't like it, but it's just hard to get used to. You're a creature of habit, TC. Yes. You're you a know, creature of you know habit. And, and the fact is, getting up on a Monday today and then kind of get a little exercise and coming into work and walking around, I'm like, wow, there's a little buzz here. Yeah. And it's because of March Madness. And I, I actually like it. I actually think I'm going to prefer this, especially after Tuesday, not just waiting a couple of days right. for the Saturday games. And uh, Otherwise, that Sunday, we're all waiting all day for Saturday. For, yeah. Or after the Sunday games, waiting all day for Saturday uh, for the Final Four. It was kind of torturous for me. So well, it's kind of torturous for me on last Thursday and Friday. Let, let's yeah. go. I'm ready for this. You true, know? true. Last Thursday <laughs> and Friday. So, okay, you got to take the good with the bad. Right. Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm very happy that today we got two good games and two good ones tomorrow. And, you know, there's there's just great fan bases. I, I, I can't get over all the fans they keep showing in the stands in Illinois from all these – in Indiana with all these uh, – uh, 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 people from their, supporting their universities. You know, I know it's only 25% full. I think there was only 3,000 people or something yeah. at the UCLA game. But it was loud, and people were having a good time, and they were showing both sides. I, I wasn't, you know, too broken up that Alabama was crying at the end, and their fans, uh, <laughs> they have had a little bit of success on the gridiron. So, you know, they could give up the round ball. Over. There you go. I, I just don't understand. I mean, I, I know you've been saying this, and it throws off your biological clock, but you're kind of sounding like a millennial to me. You're just kind of <laughs> whining. And, last year, we didn't have a tournament. I'm just happy that it's here. And I kind of like the build-up of the weekend and then Monday and Tuesday. And I even said it last week. I said, yeah, okay, on Friday, you know, Thursday and Friday, I'm going to miss it a little bit, but it's going to make it that much better when Monday and Tuesday is something to look forward to, and then we're not having to wait a whole other week again when it's over before we start it up again on Saturday. So I kind of like it right from the start, but dude, the biological clock thing, get over it. We have basketball. We have the tournament. We, we're down here at the Cosmopolitan hey, on Monday and Tuesday when we wouldn't have been. It's conversation, man. That's all. It's conversation. It's like a poll. Do you like the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or do you like the Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday? If you got to, you know, put a vote in for the future, because we're sitting all uh, around the NCAA table with all the presidents and everything, what's your vote for going forward? I, I'll tell you this. I think it's because the second weekend snuck up on us. The first one, we all were, okay, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Okay, we got it. We're ready to go. It was weird. We're like, okay. And then all of a sudden we looked at it again. We're like, oh, my goodness, I'm not playing until Saturday. And so it kind of snuck up on us. And and I I didn't know what to think. I didn't say I didn't like it. Thursday and Friday were a little weird. I'm kind of enjoying it. I enjoyed, you know, I usually take one day off on Sunday. I got to watch four great games. And then, boom, I got two more today and two more tomorrow. And I got a Knights game tonight, so there's all kinds of fun. And Jets tonight. Okay, so what's your vote? I actually like it this way. I I vote. I I like to see them keep it this way. But you know what? The committee doesn't give a damn what I like. They're going to go back to the regular way again, I'm sure. But I like the second weekend. You don't know. I like the second weekend like this. I think the first weekend I'd go back to Thursday to Sunday. It's it's always change. I mean, who thought that we would have 17 NFL football games? We're going to get it. No one ever thought that. The reason I think they're (laughs) going to take it back is because I think they're going to want again that Tuesday, Wednesday for the first play-in round games or whatever that they did so they can go do it through the whole week. So 17 games, that's going to be an odd schedule, though. Huh? It's yes. going to be, you're going to play yep. yeah. eight. Yeah, that's, that's and, eight and the Raiders may Raiders be getting, the, Bears, the Raiders may be getting an extra playoff game. Certain teams will be getting an extra home game. You know, yeah, so I think we'll, we get the well, Bears. Yeah, they're going to, they're going to switch that up. The AFC teams will get it one year. The right. NFC teams will get it's it nuts. the next year for oh. a home game. But, but back to, you know, why we were always doing the Thursday, Friday thing too, because 
the television networks love the Thursday right. and the Friday and, because and they're going to probably determine at the end if they, it's if television they, if, booming nights for for Thursday and Friday for this NCAA tournament in the past. So I don't think they want to give that up. No, and I, and I agree with you there. And 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 they're probably going to dictate it at the end. Now, if they look at their numbers and go, "Wow, it even worked out better this way," maybe they say, "Hey, let's keep this format." But I just think it's going to go back because it is the tradition and everything yeah. else. It was COVID. This is this is a one-off year, mm-hmm. and maybe that's why I kind of like a little bit too because it is a little bit different, and I don't mind that. But I do like being able to talk about games being played tonight and tomorrow night, as opposed to okay, well now we know what the Final Four mm-hmm. is, and now we sit around and we have the whole week to talk about it before it right. takes place. I agree. Now when the Final Four is set, we're going to have Wednesday, Thursday, mm-hmm. Friday. The buildup will be quicker, and I think it, it, to, to me it, it'll be like more there. I, I would rather have it done quicker after it's all said and done than wait, than wait around forever going. It's like kind of like the Super Bowl. Do you like the one week or the two weeks? The team's like the two weeks. I like the one week. Me too. I want to get, get to it. it. Yeah. Get going right. to it. I'm going to vote for Frank. All right. I'm going to vote for I like I like this. Okay. Format better than the other, and I used to the other. Just, just I'm be with it. Just be honest. You just like, you just like being at the Cosmopolitan here on Mondays and Tuesdays. Well, I'm, I'm at the Cosmopolitan. I'm, I was talking to this guy. Oh, for, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I do like being here at the Cosmopolitan and everything. But no, you're but, here. But, you're but, here eight days but, a week, like I, the Beatles no. said. But I do like the meaningful games on a Monday and Tuesday because let's face it, during the whole whole football season, we have Monday night football. You know, we have something to lead up to. Yeah. Now all of a sudden in basketball, now it's like, oh, then Monday and Tuesday are just like throwaway days almost. Preseason baseball. No, now we have something that we can talk about that means something. All right, Double B, I know we're going to lose you here pretty soon at the top of the hour because you are such a busy guy here on your on your Mondays. Uh, so let's hear it. Oregon State, Houston. The game tips off at 4:15 today. Elite Eight, first round, uh, the first action of the Elite Eight. The Houston Cougars, a seven and a half point choice against the upstart Beavers. Who do you like and why? Well, I'm going to go with the Beavers. I'm not going to go as bold to say that they're going to win the game. I think the game is going to be very, very close. I think these are two exceptional defenses that play very, very hard. Uh, Houston, I, I, I don't know how good they are. They've had a pretty easy run in the tournament. However, they did have to gut out a win against Rutgers, and they just dominated a, a Syracuse team that we know is difficult to prepare for. But you can't I – mean, Oregon State's playing like it's us against the world, and they've done that for – uh, four games in the Pac-12 tournament, and now three here. And so I'm going to stick with the Beavers, and I think that they're going to be right in the game, right to the end, very low scoring. 60 points going to win this basketball game. 60 points is going to win this basketball game? Yes. Wow, there yeah. it is. All right. Still riding that Pac-12 bandwagon for right now, huh? Yeah, I, I mean, how can you not like the Pac-12? Yeah. We talked about it for two weeks now. <laughs> they get, they've gotten zero respect, and, and they continue to play uh, above what the media thinks they are. This team was picked dead last, 12th in the Pac-12. <laughs> they finished sixth. They had to earn their way in, and they're just a gutty team. So uh, I'll, I'll go with them to, to keep the game very, very close. You know, we talked with Tracy Murray just a while ago and said, you know, the way the Bruins closed that regular season of losing four games and, and blowing that 16-point lead to Oregon State, weren't sure if they were going to get the phone call. There's no doubt about it. If Oregon State doesn't come back and beat UCLA, they're not in the tournament. Yeah, There's no not, question about that. I don't that. Even think they're a 500 team. Yeah. Right? I mean, right. They, I think right. they go under 500 They would not be in the tournament. Yeah, it's, it's a great story for Oregon <laughs> State. They haven't been there in forever. When was the last time they were in the Final Four? Probably uh, 1963. Well, I, was I gonna, think that, I mean, it's, it's been a while. Yeah. I mean, Ralph Miller had some good, some good teams, uh, you know, back in the 70s or 80s or whatever. But holy moly, it, yeah. go, it goes way back. Exactly. All right, man. Arkansas Baylor is the nightcap. 6.45 p.m. in the Baylor Bears. An eight-point choice over Arkansas. Arkansas life and death. 
to get by Oral Roberts. That was a fantastic game. And, uh, you know, we, we saw that was a rematch because we saw Oral Roberts had a 10-point lead when they met uh, you know, back in uh, January, and it was the same thing here. And Arkansas came rallying back, and Oral Roberts ne- nearly pulled off the upset here. I mean, they are one shot away from being in the Elite Eight, and uh, Arkansas uh, moves on. And if our eyes are going to grade what we saw with Baylor uh, in the last game compared to Arkansas, it's no contest, right? Yeah, I, you know, Baylor was able to gut out a win against a team that really was well coached, played a great first half, and Baylor found a way to get there. Uh, I think Baylor is, is, is every bit as athletic as Arkansas. They're not going to have any gigantic second chance 18 offensive rebounds like they did against Oral Roberts. Baylor is not going to let that happen. I think this is going to be a close game until halftime, and then I think the Baylor Bears in a very high-scoring game, unlike the, the first game, this game could be you know, 80 points to the winner or 90 points to the winner. I think this is going to be a track meet. And I think that favors the Baylor Bears because that's the style they want to play. They didn't want to play that game like they did against Villanova, yet they proved they could win the game like that. I think Baylor goes out and they, they run away with this in the second half and win by double digits. Yeah. A totally different matchup, you know, for, for Baylor in their last game against Jay Wright's uh, Villanova yes. team as well, too. Telling and what what that difference was in that game was they turned Villanova Villanova over. Villanova takes care of the basketball better than anybody in the country, and uh, it, they had nearly 20 turnovers in that game, and that resulted into 22 uh, points uh, for Baylor. That was a game set match right there. As we know, Arkansas can be very very sloppy with the basketball. Yeah, and Baylor did the same thing to. Uh Wisconsin, who protects the ball incredibly right. well. And I think right. Wisconsin had 14 or 15 turnovers yeah. there relating to easy buckets right. for Baylor. Baylor gets ahead, and I think that the Arkansas's run is, is, is done at yeah. this point. I, I, don't, I don't think that they can they could hang for 40 minutes with this ball club. I think Brian would be very happy if it was an all-Bears final. <laughs> <laughs> the, ba- the Bears and the Baby Bears? Yeah. It, it'd be, it, you know, the, it would be bad for me. Double yeah. B with double Bears in the final would be a, a good thing. Listen, Bruins and Bears. Listen, okay. We've already, we're having this guy already that he's getting his final of Michi- or his <laughs> Michigan and, uh, and uh, UCLA in the Elite Eight. So, I mean, we yeah, keep, who, keep who this could ask thing for more? Who could ask for more? No doubt about it. All right, great stuff. All right, coming up on the uh, other side, Sam Gordon's going to join us from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. He is in the house, and we'll be breaking down tonight's matchups as well as tomorrow's as well, too. Plenty on the table. And also Matthew Holt will join us from U.S. Integrity as we got to, you know, more more in store around your door. And how about a shout-out to our Houston Cougar fans in the house here today. Yeah, Raj is here, Colby, Jim. Uh, James Novak, Doug, Darren, the guys are all hanging out here today. They're discussing we're, the game plan right there. Yeah, exactly. We're the, yeah. Wearing their red and white, man, with their Cougars. There it is. They said we can hardly. we got the reserve table, and uh, they know tip-offs at 4.15, but they I, got their I, place there. I think there. they were here at 6 a.m. TC, ready <laughs> to go. They go, this is where we need to be. We need to go. They were camping out. They were ready to go. They, they, they didn't even bother getting a room. They just got a table. That's perfect. Exactly. <laughs> Get some Hattie B's chicken delivered to that table over there. <laughs> Hattie, yeah. there That's there. pretty good stuff. Oh, great stuff. Yeah. And, and Holstein's last Friday, my friend. Great stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, the milkshake made the picture. You know? It did. Oh, absolutely, it did. Yeah. Your phenomenal response from the <laughs> from the milkshake there. Yes, they they, they got they got you a fantastic. Frank milkshake. loved that milkshake. Yes, he did. It was very good. <laughs> there, there you go. TC, I will see you tomorrow. Good deal, About brother. Three thirty ish. I'll be here ready to go. And are you going to be uh, donning the uh, the blue and the blue tomorrow? You'll see when I get here. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I do have be. some merchandise. I love him. <laughs> He's a merch guy. Real quick, VGK uh, and the Kings tonight. Give me a final score. 
Uh, I think the VGK uh, takes care of business. They really played a great game on, on Saturday. Uh, one of their better games, exciting game. I say VGK wins tonight. Uh, empty net goal to win 4-1. to one. Oh, 4-1, to one. very nice. Right, Leonard expected to get the start. Leonard gets the start. You know what? The, the pucks will be bouncing off. All right. there. We'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow, Double right. B. Appreciate you as well. All right, we come back more of the Cosmopolitan in Las Vegas. It is the T.C. Martin Show. It is a manic Monday, definitely, as we get ready for more Elite 8 action live from the William Hill Sportsbook, Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas.